Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. I hope you're having a great day today, a great week. Today we're diving into a very important part of God's word. It's very sobering and very important. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Have you, have you thought about that verse lately or have you heard that verse? You know, it's been on my heart and my mind a lot lately. And I think the reason why is that this verse in particular points out what many struggle with when it comes to salvation. So if you're not saved here today, please listen. And if you are saved here today, please listen so you can share this with someone else and maybe help give you a better context to address what's happening here in the Bible and in in life and what people are facing. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we see this connection here that all have sinned and the wages or the payment for that, that sin is death. And that the only way to be saved is through the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we see also in Romans 5, 8, that, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we see Romans 5, 8, that while we were sinners, God loved us so much that while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. And so we see we all sin. We see the wages of that sin is death, and we, we, we have a sin debt that we cannot repay. And we see God's love sending Christ while we're in that sin to die for us. And that's the, kind of the beginning here of Romans Road. It's the beginning of understanding our need for God. And that's what I want to speak to you about today is our need for God. If we don't believe that we have a sin problem, how can we be saved? If we don't believe in a fearful, living, almighty God, how can we be saved? And I think those two things, they they hinder people from true salvation because they never actually get to the point of truly believing their need or the God that resolved their need. And so let's start with the need. When you live a life in sin, one thing I believe, and I've lived Uh, And of course, we all sin, we all fall short, but I mean like living as an unsaved person. When you live in that regard, you live in a a kind of a type of willful ignorance. You live in 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 a kind of an idea of just keep me blindfolded from everything so that I don't really think about eternity. I don't really think about my eternal home. Let's let death be a surprise, and hopefully it'll be a good surprise and not a bad surprise. And let's not get into all this stuff about sin and what God says is right and wrong, because that would then convict me or make me feel like I'm doing something wrong. 
And many people today, that's where they're at. They just, if they could just zone out a little bit, you know, whether it's through alcohol or drugs, through movies or music, and just not think about it. And they think that this is for their well-being, right? That, hey, if I can just live my life and feel like I'm the captain of my own ship, even though I'm not, even though, you know, it's foolish to think that you made yourself, amen? That's foolish. If I can just think this, then I won't struggle with these greater issues. And so the irony here is what people think is helpful to them in sustaining their identity and their lifestyle, whatever it may be, their, their so-called peace of mind, is actually keeping them in bondage. They're literally in a prison that they can't get out of. And as long as they won't acknowledge their own sin, they're in a prison. Now think of this. Even the sinner, even the lost unbeliever will tell you that man is no good. I've asked lost people, I say, is man good? No, no. Man's, man's not good. Man's not good. Man, man, mankind is not good. Look at the world today. It can't be good. Okay, so the intellect says man's not good, right? Well, are you good? Well, I've, I've tried to be good. I feel like I'm pretty good. And, and that's where the disconnect happens. So we're able to look at others and say they're not good or the world collectively and say they're not good. But then we look inwardly and we think, well, we're okay. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. In the book of Isaiah, it's, the term is like a dirty gauze pad, amen? Uh, that's what God thinks of our righteousness outside of him, okay? So he made us, he created us, he desires us to come to know him, he desires us to be saved, he has a program that he has for us to follow, and when we step outside of that program, we are rebellious and we're calling God a liar, and that kindles the wrath of God, I believe, to the extent that he says, look, I'm going to send you witnesses. I'm long-suffering. I'm patient. I'm going to let nature witness to you. I'm going to let you realize that there's no way the solar system does what it does without a creator. I'm going to let you see the ocean and the tides. I'm going to let you understand how the mountains and the ecology work. I'm going to let you know how the trees are happening with the air going in and out and so forth. And I'm not a scientist, clearly, but God will testify through nature that he exists. He'll testify testify through relationships that he exists. He'll testify through his saints that he exists. He'll, he'll testify through all the prophecy that he exists, all that future history that's predicted hundreds of years in advance in the Bible. And then he'll testify through even third-party scholars backing up that history. He'll go on and on, sending witnesses, sending others to show his love and mercy. And I have personal examples that I can tell you that are absolutely incredible. Uh, I had a missionary friend that I was uh, doing some recordings for interviews for his, uh, his, his program at the time. He had a missionary program, a website where people could give to different missionaries. And so I thought it was a good idea to interview them. And I'd call them up online and interview them and got to know this guy, interviewed him, a really nice guy, really neat program. He was a man of God. He happened to be in the exact third world country that my wife's uh, grandmother was living in. And it was not a welcome country to people. It's not one that people would obviously be in, especially Christians, communist country. He was able to go and witness to my wife's grandmother. Now that just moves me to the core because that's God's love. 
That's God's absolute love in a country that's all wrapped up in mysticism and Buddhism and all these other isms, all these dead idols and dumb idols. God could have just thrown them away. And he said, no, I'll send a witness. And I'm so thankful for that. Only God knows the heart of that, that lady. And she's passed on, or she's passed away, I should say, but God knows. And I thank him so much for sending that witness. Amen. And what does that mean here today? That means that God will do his level best to reach you with the message of his program, but he will not compromise his program. And his program is Romans 3, 23. This is a truth for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is a truth. And people take it personally and they say, I'm trying to be a good person. Your righteousness doesn't count. Okay. It is irrelevant. You have great sin in your life. You want to know how God's gauge for sin? Go look at the law. Can you keep the law? The law says if you've ever even looked upon another with lust, you've committed adultery. Law says if you've ever stolen anything, if you ever told a lie, anything, we're all convicted by the law. The law is there simply to show us we can't keep it and that we're not righteous. And you say, well, Brother Clark, where did this sin come from? It came from Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They ate of the forbidden fruit, and that was it. Sin entered the picture. They were, they were, this is in the book of Genesis. They were abolished from the garden. They were sent away, amen. Now, God clothed them. God still loved them, but they had sinned, amen. They had sinned. And ever since then, sin became hereditary, passed down from generation to generation. No one here on this earth is without sin, the only exception being Jesus Christ when he came as God in the flesh, born of a virgin, was without sin. Okay, and other than that, there's no one else. And so who has to go and pay the sin penalty for all mankind? The one without sin, Jesus Christ. And he died on the cross for all our sins. And when we believe that we have a sin debt that we can't repay, and we believe that Jesus Christ repaid that sin on the cross, we believe that he was buried and resurrected the third day, when we believe on his resurrection, we're saved. Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So we are to confess it with our mouth and believe it in our heart. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, anyone's eligible. No one is too good that they don't need to be saved or too bad they can't be saved. That means the good Samaritan that doesn't know the Lord will go to hell. That means the murderer that accepts Christ will go to heaven. That's God's program. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, when we're saved, we're no longer condemned. We're no longer under the law. We're no longer condemned. We're no longer headed for devil's hell. We are now a child of God. We are headed for heaven. And Romans 8, 38, through 39, for I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from our salvation. Once saved, always saved. That's the biblical idea of eternal security. So when we believe on Christ, we're saved forever to be with him for an eternity. And what great peace and joy that brings. Oh man, Romans 8, 1, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful. It's wonderful to know that God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten to die for us on the cross. 
But it all starts with realizing that we have a sin debt we can't pay, that we come short of the glory of God, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I encourage you to get into the book of Romans. I've read Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, 5, 8, 10, 9, 10, 13, 8, 1, 8, 38 through 39. It's called Romans Road. Research it. Understand God's program and believe on him. And that starts with that humbling act of realizing that we have a sin debt we can't repay. And when we do that, the Lord will gloriously save us. When we get to that point, it's the idea of getting to that breaking point where we realize that we can't do it on our own. God will show up in a way that's supernatural and miraculous, and he'll change your life. Even if you don't see any crazy signs or anything like that, it's still a supernatural act because the Bible tells us your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life, never to be blotted out, never to be erased. Get in the book today, both the book of life, get your name in there, be saved, and get in the Bible and read it and realize that tomorrow's not promised. If the Lord's been working on you, accept him as Savior today. Do not wait for tomorrow. Friend, please, I implore you to just make it the top priority right now to accept Christ. And if you've already accepted Christ, share this with someone else that needs it. Tell them, hey, I thought you'd find this helpful. Give it to them. You can send it. I'll put it online. Amen. It'll be called the Romans Road Message. I'll throw it on there. But please, 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 Turn to God in these last days. Accept him as Savior. And once you've accepted him as Savior, make him Lord of your life. Serve him. Serve him in all that you do. And you will be so blessed for that. I promise you, I speak from experience. God is richly blessed as I've turned to him. And as I was afar off from him, it was the most miserable time of my life. So learn from me. Don't, don't have to repeat my mistakes. Turn to him now and, and enjoy a fruitful life in the Lord. And I want to remind you, if you do want to share this message or just keep in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe, facebook.com forward slash KJV Cafe. Find us there, like us, follow us, whatever you want to call it, and we'll post some stuff on there for you to share. I thank you so much for joining us. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119, verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.